Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. This is what it reads like. It's just very short and simple. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Talk about a scripture that really puts things in perspective where we're at right now. Hallelujah. It said, it shall be the first month of the year. Now, to them, that wasn't January. <laughs> that wasn't January back then. They didn't have, they, they didn't have the, uh, uh, the Gregorian calendar and all of that. Hallelujah. But uh, let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you. For your goodness and your grace. Thank you, God, for this service, those that are here. I ask God that you will speak to us through your word in the next few moments. Give us focus and give us direction of this coming year, Lord, and we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. And I thank you, brother, so much for bringing me that water a few minutes ago. I appreciate that. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you for a few moments on a subject titled, A New Year, Opportunity of a New Start. Amen. A New Year, Opportunity of a New Start. Hallelujah. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm glad that the Lord gives people the opportunity to start all over. I'm glad he does not throw up his hands and give up on us every time we mess up. That's called his mercy, and that's called his grace. And I want you to look at this year that, we're, that we are entering as like an open door that God is giving you and me an opportunity to walk into. The new year is set before us. What your year will be like is a whole lot up to you. Hallelujah. A lot of times we want to point fingers and cast blame on this one and that one for failures or, or what have you. But a whole lot of this coming year, for you as an individual and for us collectively as a corporate body, has a lot to do with us individuals. Now, let me start out by saying this. And... I'm not trying to be negative to you, and I don't want to dishearten you right now, but uh, forget about your New Year's resolutions. They don't, they don't mean much. There's a whole lot of folks already made one and already broke them. Amen? Uh, I read a story about a guy. Yeah, I'm going to share with you a little humorous, but... Uh, this one fellow said that, um, he said, he said, 
he remembered last year, says, uh, he, he lived kind of a distance away from his parents. He said, so I called my mom and dad to wish them a happy new year. And when I, when I called, my dad was the first one to answer the phone. And I said, well, dad, what is your new year's resolution? And his dad says, well, my resolution is to make your mother as happy as I can. And then about that time, his mother got on the phone. He said, Mom, he says, what is your New Year's resolution? And his mom said, my New Year's resolution is to see to it that your dad keeps his New Year's resolution. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So uh, she was pretty well set to help that fellow make sure he didn't mess it up. Uh, going back to the serious side of it, uh, a, uh, a well-known speaker, uh, in motivational speaker in uh, the 70s and 80s by the name of Carl Brand, made this comment one time. He says, he says, though no one can go back and make a new beginning, he said, anyone can start from right now and make a brand new end. Hallelujah. You see, the choices that we make and the roads that we take on life leads to certain ends. It falls back on us. Some people want to blame the economy. Some people want to blame those that are in office. Some people blame this and that, their employer. Some will blame their spouse. But whether or not your year is going to be successful or not, and you're able to accomplish something, lands solely upon you. And as I've already said just a few minutes ago, please do not waste any time about what you did or did not do in 2014 because all that's going to do is take up precious time that you can be doing to turn things around in 2015. Hallelujah. We cannot go back and make a new beginning of, in the past, but we can start right now from where we are, and we can recreate a new end. Hallelujah. But we have got to do some things, amen, to make that happen. It seems like a lot of people, uh, uh, some people... Uh, take the scriptures various ways. Some people take all the Bible spiritually. Some people take it literally. Some people take it uh, figuratively and, uh, and different kind, uh, uh, kinds of things like that. And uh, some people in the way of, of the literal, they say, well, the Bible says they that wait upon the Lord. Well, and then they'll sit under a shade tree and sip lemonade and expect God to bring them all the blessings. But that's not what that word wait means. 
Amen. I found out a long time ago when I traced that out to all the Hebrew and Jewish Jewish roots of that word, they that wait upon the Lord, comes from the same connotation that we get the word like a waiter in a restaurant, somebody who's serving. Hallelujah. You are busy while you're waiting upon the Lord. Jesus told his disciples, amen, to occupy until I come. Hallelujah. Now, we all believe that Jesus Christ is soon coming. I believe he's soon coming. Hallelujah. But we're not going to do like some religious people do. We're not all going to quit our jobs tomorrow and come over here and take this um, uh, big uh, 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 10-foot stepladder, whatever it is back here, and climb up on the roof and just sit there and say, okay, I'm waiting for the skies to open up. We'll die up there. Hallelujah. That's not what God expects. We are here for a purpose. And this new year that God has allowed you and I to live in, He's given us this time for a purpose. You know what? There's a whole lot of people did not enter 2015 with us. They left. I've I seen, on, seen on the news uh, 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 yesterday, I guess it was, or day day before, but um, you know uh, uh, the uh, uh, the lady who played LMA Clampett, she left here uh, uh, and and gone. And then I watched different ones that uh, uh, that left here during the year 2014. I don't know what 2015 is going to hold for me. I don't know if God will allow me to live all the way through it or not. But I've got this determination since God has blessed me to this point and to be here right now, by the grace of God, I'm going to make this the best year for Christ that I've ever done. Hallelujah. And that's not a resolution. Amen. But that is a commitment. Amen. That I want to make to God because of the commitment. Amen. He has showed towards me. Can somebody say praise the Lord on that? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's some things that we got to do. There's some things that we need to do if we want this year, if we want to take this opportunity and we want to make something better. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't don't sit on those pews and think God's just going to automatically, without your help, without your effort, without your involvement, to fill this church up. It ain't going to never happen. Hallelujah. He didn't put us here and then set us here and say, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send them. You just sit there and you shout and you praise God. Hallelujah. The Bible says, look at your neighbor and say, the Bible says. The Bible tells every one of us to go out in the highways and the hedges and do what? Compel them to come in. Hallelujah. It does not, the Bible does not teach nowhere to sit here, amen, as long as we do our shout and do our thing, God's going to send them in us. If we're going to have them, we got to go get them. Amen. We got to find out why in this year, and I've already prayed this prayer, and I, uh, as recently just a little bit ago back in my office, I said, Lord, you place Christ Family Church in this community. For a reason. 
for a purpose. Lord, I want you to help us to find that reason this year and let us to be able to reach out and what... Listen, this is not East Nashville. And if we think we're going to do the same type of ministry here that we did on Meridian Street, we're going to be a failure. When God changed our location, he changed the type of ministry. We do not have the same type of of, of people in this area, amen, that we did have for so long. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm uh, I'm going to tell you. We had some success in the past with block parties, but block parties is not going to be too effective right here. It's not going to, it's not going to be that effective. We have got to figure out, by the help of the Holy Ghost, amen, what it is that he has set us here for. And, and, and I'm making this declaration, amen, today for us as a body of Christ. I'm talking to the church. I'm talking to us home people. Amen. And we have got, amen, to look ahead and see that open door of opportunity that God has given us because there are people hurting. They're dying. Amen. They need deliverance. Amen. And God has got us here, amen, to help that. Hallelujah. But if you want to be successful... Not only as us a whole as a church in 2015, but I'm talking about in your own family life, your personal life. Now, I know most of us here are Christians, but everybody here, even though you're a Christian, even though you love the Lord, everybody here does not have a perfect, perfect life going on at home. A whole lot of people come here and you smile, but on the inside, you're not smiling. Amen. You know, we can, we can, we can put up fronts when we go out in public and we talk to, uh, we talk to, uh, uh, to strangers. But when, when, we're, when we're with family, we're with home folks, amen, there, there's not a whole lot of need of that. And we, we need the first, just like the saying goes about revival. If we're going to have revival, we've got to draw a circle and I've got to get in the middle of it because revival starts with me. It starts with me. It don't, revival don't come with trying to find the best evangelist in the country to pay him whatever you've got to pay him to get here and get him set up. A, 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 a preacher or a man of any caliber does not bring revival. Hallelujah. It don't come that way. It don't come that way. I've seen a lot of things in the past that's been called revival, and we have something for a few days, and everybody gets excited and gets stirred up, and within a week or two after it's over with, everybody's back in the slump. Amen. That, and if, when that happens, you can't honestly and truly say that you've had a real revival. Hallelujah. What is it? What are some keys that we, that we need to start doing right now to make sure that 2015 is going to be a success in our families and in our church, amen, and that this time next year, if the Lord has not come yet, 
that I, when I stand up here the first Sunday in 2016, I won't see quite as many empty pews back there. Number one, this is something we got to do. You got to renew the altar in your life. Hallelujah. You got to renew the altar in your life. Now, back years ago, when our forefounder, Brother Hale, preached and pastored the church, the biggest thing that the old ones talked about back then was the television hindering more people, taking away from the altar in their life. I've heard them called the television. I've heard them called the one-eyed devil. Some of you heard that same thing. Well, that one-eyed devil and that television is not, not near as taken away from people's prayer life and their home family life at one time it is. But I tell you, I tell you what it is. Technology of all kinds. Hallelujah. You see, the computer has gotten so popular that I don't I don't have my computer sitting on my church church office anymore. I've got it right here. Anything I want to do from a computer, I do right here. I can, I can, I can sit right here. I can type off something. I can hit a button, and in a split second. That, that, that printer back there will start shaking and making a rattle, rattle and it will start printing off something that I, that I put. There is so much, amen, that we, that's got our attention today. Now, uh, that's taken away from the altar in the, li- in the family life. Husband and wife, if you want to have a better relationship do not, do not take the altar out of the home. Every home should have a family altar. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking like, like the Catholics have, have their statue of Mary and, and, and candles burning and, and uh, having a road. I, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about where there is an altar in the home. You say, well, we, we hadn't had that in a long time. Well, I'm talking about renewing the altar in your life. Amen. Renewing the altar in your life. Now, my dad, uh, pretty much, for the most part, always walked the direction that Mama had him to walk. He never spent much time back talking argument but over one thing and i can remember this very well of course now back back in that day there wasn't there wasn't but three television channels in nashville and all of them went off at midnight i don't i don't know what the kids do today man if all of, all of a sudden at midnight, they start playing the Star Spangled Banner, and then you, hear, you, you see that jet flying across there and that guy saying that 
that, uh, that poem, Though I Have Served the Surly Bonds of Earth. And, uh, anybody remember that beside me? Reached out and touched the face of God, didn't you? Huh? Yeah. We tell them how old we are now, ain't we? Amen. And then all of a sudden, that screen just get white. That's it. But long before that, when it's when it was bedtime, and I was a, a kid growing up, and we had had uh, had to go to bed a lot before that, Daddy'd get up, he'd say, "Okay, somebody go over and turn that TV off." He said, "It's time to pray." One reason, one thing that shaped who I am today is because when I was a kid. I did not have the option of whether or not to come down and join the family prayer time. I was going to get on my knees whether or not I was praying or not. As a kid, I'd do anything a kid. I mean, sometimes I'd be looking around, you know. And I didn't realize it then, but that was, even though sometimes I wasn't even praying, it was shaping who I was going to be. It was making something into me. Hallelujah. And if you want to have a successful year, if, you, if, if the husband and the wife, amen, want to be closer, amen, the best way for the husband and wife to get closer to one another is they both get closer to God. Bless the quietness. 2 Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 8. And when Asa heard these words... And the prophecy of Obed, the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin, and out of the cities which he had taken from the Mount Ephraim. And notice, notice that last part there in your scripture. And renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. Even in Israel's time... We all talk about how Israel went away from God and they did this and they did that. None of that stuff ever happened until they first started letting the altar of God break down. And this king here made a commitment that he was going to renew the altar at the house of God. We're going to clear out the. We're going to clear out the growth. We're going to build, put the um, uh, the things back up that's fallen fallen down. Amen. And we're going to repair that altar. If you want to see something happen, if you got some family members, Amen, that you want to see come to God in 2015, it'll never happen unless you renew the altar in your life. Do you hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. I'm not going to give it to you. Nobody else is going to give it to you. But if you renew the altar in your life and you spend more time praying than you do playing games, we may see something happen. Hallelujah. We got to renew the altar in our life. Second thing, I've got to I've got to move on quickly. Church, we got to commit. You got to commit your ways to Christ. Hallelujah. We got to quit following our own wants and doing what we desire and start doing what He desires. 
Psalms chapter 37 and verse 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. If we want to be successful in 2015, we got to commit our ways unto God. We are not our own. We are bought with a price. You, you are not your own boss if you're a child of God. Hallelujah. I, I take issue with a particular uh, uh, phrase. I heard it in the church and denomination I came out of, and I've heard it by some in, uh, in the apostolic faith, but I find no Bible for it. Oh, we are free moral agents. Not after you come to Christ, you're not. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. The reason why so many people are having so much trouble is they're constantly bucking up against what God wants for them. Because they got their plan, and they're trying to follow their plan instead of God's plan. They got their way they want to go, and they're trying to go their way rather than God's way. I've told you before, and it's still true, false true for me, a lot of times I'll take certain words in the Bible, and I've read them, and I've read them for years, and... I automatically take for granted, Brother Darrell, what I think that they mean. But the Bible is one book you can't just take it just at solely surface value. You've got to be willing to dig something to get all the hidden jewels there. That word there in Psalms 37, I've preached from that. I don't tell how many times, different kind of messages. And I always thought that I knew what, what the word commit meant. And as far as I can remember, as God is my witness, I never took the time to take it a little further and go, go down to Strong's and look at that word commit, how it was originally. I did when I was studying for this message, and I got surprised. I got surprised. That word commit, when it said commit thy way unto the Lord, the, diction, the Hebrew dictionary told me that it come from a root word meaning to roll over onto. Roll over onto. Uh, come here, Brother Douglas. Uh, face that way. Now we're going to say our deacon right here. Here, here, here's, here's, here's the Lord, and he is, he is guiding me as he does all of his children down the path. He knows me better than I know myself. The Lord knows what he's gotten planning in store for me and how he wants to bless me. 
And if I am going to be blessed, if I am going to be successful in everything I do, I've got to quit bugging up against, bucking up against him, and I've got to roll myself over on him, start walking. And I, I, I've got to just roll right over on him. To the point in place, I'm not going to do that because I weigh so many none of your business pounds and I don't want to put all that weight on you. But I want, I'm going to roll over on him to where he is carrying me. Kind of like a wheelbarrow. Let me use that. That's what committing yourself to God. You're rolling your whole being over onto the Lord. In other words, quit trying to walk the ground yourself. Brother Bob, let him carry us. Let him take it. Because he's going to lead us the right way. Hey, every one of us here knows better. We, I mean, how many different directions did we walk, try to, how many paths did we walk down before we rolled over in God and God carried us right here? Amen. I mean, we was, we was, we was fixing this, we was fixing to sign a note to pay two twenty five hundred dollars a month rent for something we didn't own, and gonna have to have to spend half the money we used to pay down on here uh, to get it cold to pass it. But you know what? We we, we had been without a place so long. We was at point we was willing to do anything. Hallelujah! But God says, "Commit yourself unto me." Roll everything you are over upon me. That goes right along when Judas says, Come unto me, all ye that are laboring and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. How do we get rest? Because we roll over on him. Hallelujah. And he's carrying us. Woo! My Lord. That might not do a whole lot for you, but man, it really stirs my heart. Hallelujah. I'm telling you some things that we can do that we can be successful this year. We renew the altar in our life. We commit our ways unto Christ. One more thing, then I'm going to close. The third thing is let your attitude shine the face of, of, of Christ. Let your attitude shine the face of Christ. You know what? I don't think I've ever seen anybody who didn't need a little attitude adjustment every now and then. Hallelujah. And sometimes Pentecostal people want to do all these kind of things to portray to the world, hey, we're different. Look at our hairstyle. Look at our hair length. We're different. You know, look at this. Look at that. We're, di we're different. And I've had it. I've had it. I've had it just just recently. I've seen it. You know, I've I've seen people in public. I, I I didn't I didn't know them personally, but they they had they had that look, certain look about them that you you just knew that they that they 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 were some type of Pentecostal. But it amazes me. Most of those people I come in contact in public, none of them got a smile on their face. 
you try to smile at them and they'll turn their head on you. Their nose stuck so far up in the air that if it come a rainstorm, they'd drown. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something, folks. We don't have to portray to the world how much Holy Ghost we got or how holy we are, amen, by our hairstyle and by the length of our, our clothes or, or whatever, you know, or, or, or this or that. We need to shine forth the attitude of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let me, there's, a, there's a whole lot I could say about that, but I don't have time. But let me give you one, one scripture found in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. <laughs> Do all things without murmuring and disputing. Wow. Why did the pastor say we needed to do this? Bless God, I'm not going to do that. Hello. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights of the world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You may, lead, you, you may lead some people here to church by just walking through the mall and greeting people and smiling to them. Hallelujah, being, being concerned. Hallelujah. That is how you shine forth the light of Jesus Christ. Amen. Not walk around grumpy and grouchy and complaining about everything and murmuring about everything. Do you know that's what got God so mad at the children of Israel, amen, in the wilderness? They complained about everything. Hallelujah. We just, if you ain't got used to it now, you better get used to it. Amen. Everything is not going to go your way all the time. Everything ain't going to be done the way you think it ought to be done all the time. <laughs> uh I remember when I I I, uh, I I remember when I first started work for Metro. I transferred from Wilson County Schools to Metro Schools, and uh, while we was going through class, they uh, they warned us says, now don't get out there and start leaning around some of them other other drivers. It's always complaining about this going wrong or that going wrong or. This ain't right or that ain't right because they'll just get you messed up or whatever. And sure enough, when I, when I, when I got out there and began to approach different ones, um, I remember one time, some, this one, one person driver, they was griping, complaining about their money. They was griping, complaining about their benefits, griping, complaining about the route that they, they were driving. And I stopped and asked, I said, how long have you been with Metro? Oh, 33-some-odd years. I said, I said, it's been that bad, huh? Must not have been that bad. They wouldn't have been there 33-some-odd years. What I'm trying, trying to say is, everything don't go on your job to suit you. Why should we think it should be that way anywhere else? My Lord... 
if we if if we're gonna if we're gonna change churches or change associations or do this or that or change husbands and wives just because everything don't just go right, man, we're gonna constantly be in a change of turmoil. Hallelujah. Amen. We have to have an attitude adjustment to where we decide, well, I got a choice. I can make the best of this situation and shine, let my attitude shine the love of the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about things that's going to doom somebody's soul when you're not in, in, in the truth and all that stuff. I, I'm, I'm not talking about that, but I, I'm just talking, I'm talking in general terms right now. Hallelujah. We have got to let our attitudes shine forth. Hallelujah. When we go out, amen, in, in the public, amen, as we are trying to portray, amen, that we're sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, we need, we, we need to let the world know how happy we are to be saved. Amen? The world should be able to see how much joy that we actually do have in the Holy Ghost. And you know what? It don't have half as much to do with shouting and running the aisles of what some people think. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes that person maybe sits there on, on that pew and don't never get up and, and run the aisle when everybody else does. He might have more joy down deep inside than everybody else there put together. Amen. That's another area that I could get into. Sometimes we become so judgmental. Lord, mercy. And in past, I've been one of the worst. Hallelujah. And I am praying Seeking God, God, I want I want you to work on me. I give you, I, I pray sometimes, Lord, I give you the permission to put the sandpaper to me, and you 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 sand off any edge that's too rough. It's not like you, because church, I've been in this a long time. I do not want to be a detriment to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah! I don't I don't want to harm. I try, and I know, you know, the Bible says, he said, you know, the Bible says, he said in many, in, in many, in many ways, I believe this is found in the book of James, if I'm not mistaken, in many ways we offend all. He said, and he who does not offend with his lips or with his tongue, the same as a perfect man. Amen. Sometimes we, we say things we shouldn't say. Not 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 meaning that those things are are sinful or curse words or things like that, amen. But sometimes we make comments we shouldn't make. We should just keep it. We just hold it. Hallelujah, amen. And I'm praying for God to help me in those areas. Hallelujah. I know. I, let, let me admit to you. There, 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 there's a few things that I know and understand, and, 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 and I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying this braggadociously. I don't. But I do know, I do know I've been called by God. I do know I have anointed on my life. But let me tell you something. Just because I've been called by God and just because I've got anointed on my life don't mean that even up here sometimes I can get in myself and say things I shouldn't say. 